Master Weekly AEW Review and Break Introducing first the most electrifying man in all professional wrestling podcasts, Natalie Charlie. Let's go! And the other half of our hosting duo, they call me the Duke, they call me the Digital Phantom, I am the Duke of Derps, also known as Garrett. Yo, what up everybody? Wasn't hanging, brother Garrett, dude. We it's had hanging some... low and hanging slow, as they say. All right, um... hey, hanging to the left. And you know, exactly. here's the thing, uh, Garrett. New Japan and AEW is this is the hot story this week, man, bro. Which it uh... really is. It kind of has taken the wrestling world by storm in a lot of ways. And I'm sure the WWE is sitting there noticing this, being like, "Man, maybe we should have robbed got, them of their talent." Some underselling it, like, "Oh yeah." Uh. Isn't maybe, that maybe maybe robbing them of some of their talent and then cutting two of them wasn't <laughs> the smartest idea. And now we also have. I mean, could we see Kushida on that show? I'm burying the lead here, but I, that just came to my mind. That's we'll true. He just that. got released, right? Like, yeah. So, he's not, so Kush- he wasn't under like his contract just expired, right? Like, it wasn't like a they released him thing. He actually. Yep, so he's only had 30 days. So we could definitely see Kushida wrestle in that show. Either either way, however it worked out, yeah, like that's it. Yeah, he could be on that show because in June, right? So like, um, or is it July? What what, yeah, what month so is it? We'll dive in. Yeah, it's in June, and and so okay. we'll dive into that a little more with our new segment. But uh, Garrett, I know you want to take care of some house cleaning here. Absolutely, I always have to do that stuff at the top of the page because a lot of podcasts do this, but I also think it's just good to keep you guys aware of the other stuff that we are doing as well uh, on a weekly basis and uh, biweekly or whatever the hell. Uh, anyway. Uh, make sure you guys go ahead and follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. And you can follow Charlie at, oh, Charlie with an X instead of an A. You can also follow us on the Vasoki Entertainment YouTube channel where we upload reviews and stuff. Uh, occasionally, I actually watch the show we're supposed to be watching and we'll actually review it. Um, not this time, but maybe next time. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think our best bet for that, you know, this just came to my mind. It's just, just review the season, whole thing when it's done. Season yeah. reviews. Yeah, that's what we've yeah. kind of always probably, done. A lot of people do that anyway because it's a lot yeah. easier than going week to week. And then you don't look like an idiot for having some crazy theory, which I've known to do. we're not talking do. about, well, if this happens, I might, you know, it's like, nah, let's just. It's, it's more like when it's you know retrospectively what this is going to mean. And a lot of the questions that we have are going to be answered. And it's going to be a lot less speculation uh, and a lot more. I mean, there's some speculation, but not super wild speculation. Like, there's only so many directions things can go in the end. Um, but I hear everyone yeah. saying that Moon Knight episode four was like the greatest thing of all time. So like, I don't know. But um, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, that, that we also do uh, other stuff over there. They review Big Brother. They do all kinds of stuff. And uh, make sure whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on, you make sure you like, uh, follow, subscribe, whatever the freaking thing that you do on there is to make sure you follow the podcast and get it in your feed every week on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Or Spotify? Yeah, All right. I think I said that twice, but it doesn't really matter yeah, because you get the idea. Um, and those are you guys who are on Podnods. I mean, we really appreciate that, too. Oh, we're on Podnods? I, apparently, we get a lot of viewers from Podnods. So, hey, shout Hell out to you yeah. guys. We appreciate it. Hell to the yeah, brother, 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 brother. All right. Anyway, um, yeah, but without further ado, I say we get right into the show here. Uh, we always like to start off the show the same way every single week with what we were really, really enjoying on the show this week. And uh, I believe, Charlie, you are starting us off hot this week. Yeah, man. I mean, this is probably obvious if you have if you guys are uh, week-to-week listeners for us. You kind of know exactly where I'm going here. And it's this feud that's kind of been a little bit low-key. In in AEW, but 
I mean, it was like they, they they teased it like forever ago, like last yeah. year when it started. And then we're like, OK, I'd be OK with that match. It was in the middle of Darby, whatever he was doing. I think it was Darby versus Sammy was being teased. Yep, and yep. they never and ended up going with they did that. one. was match. trying to buy him and it's, yeah. it's been going on. It's just and then they didn't movie. really go full on with the Darby versus AFO, AHFO full on until later once they finally figured out what they were doing with the AHFOs. Um whole deal you know it it was a it was a good like slow burn for this to lead up to this match and i think this was the perfect crescendo yeah and now we had the andrade versus darby allen coffin match which main evented dynamite so garrett I, we're on a main event streak right now it's it's multiple weeks in a row what someone yeah, I can't has think of main like, event. how many weeks has it been since they had a poor main event it's 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 incredible and <laughs> how, how many weeks has it been since it didn't feel like a pay-per-view quality show yeah, and I believe they had 17 minutes total to work with from the time entrances started getting hit. Now, I will say the ending was a little rushed, but that's okay because I think it it still ended up working out and playing out perfectly how they wanted to. This was – now, I will say um, about two or three weeks ago when they faced uh, the first time, I felt like Andrade had to win that. Yes, he hadn't doing been winning the, much at the time. He had been losing a match, lot of matches. He'd been the guy. He'd been the th- in a lot of three May matches they were having with him, Sammy, and Darby. He was the guy taking the pin. You know, like yep. So, and so getting in this coffin match, I felt like it was actually very important for Darby to pick up the win here, and I think that is the correct booking result. And right away, they took advantage of the shenanigans. You had all these motherfuckers. There was a great. Great sting spot. Uh, that was my, one of my. I think that might be my favorite thing on 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 Dynamite. <laughs> that was like a, out of nowhere. By the way, good. Sting has officially lost his mind. Oh, hundred percent. He, he's a bad man. <laughs> he's he's gone batshit at this point, and I just respect <laughs> it. At this point, uh, I have to. Um, <laughs> but no, man. This this was a lot of fun. Great spots. Um, Andrade trying to break open the coffin was good. Jose got a great spot. But yeah, this was uh, this was the right call, and you know I think this proves they still prioritize Darby, and I think in another world our TNT title is currently revolving around this feud, and everyone's smiling and in great moods. But you know we digress, and yeah, uh, Jeff and Hart, Jeff and Matt made their way down to the ring, kind of celebrating after. Again, I think this is some massive match at Double or Nothing, maybe or. Somewhere, somewhere down the line, when they call off this feud, we'll get a big match with the a- the AFO and uh, this new group with Sting and the Hardys and Darby. So, Garrett, uh, what was your favorite of the week? Yeah, for me, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I you know there was a lot of really really good wrestling on this week. Uh, so much of it was like just exactly the kind of wrestling that I like. Um, but for me, I really enjoyed just pure wrestling a lot of times, and I'm super glad that's what we got out of Kyle O'Reilly versus Jungle Boy. Um, out of all the matches in the card, you've been like, wait, but there's all these people. But you know what? Like, uh, there's a lot of people on the roster that people just overlook, and I think Kyle O'Reilly is one of them. Like, he is one of the most proficient wrestlers that I've witnessed over the last couple decades. Like, just come up out of nowhere. Like, his style is like the reason why he was going to get booked as a single star in the WWE when he was still there is because they recognized what they had. And then finally they looked at him and they were like, so you're the guy in the tag team that doesn't really do much. Right. And he was like, well, yeah, but that's not on purpose. Like I could do everything. And they were like, what? 
no, no, Bobby does everything. And he was there, no, I can, I, I'm also a wrestler. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why it was he was so overlooked. And, and for some reason, uh, but like at the same time, um, this match started really like strongly on the mat. It was much of mat wrestling to start off. There's a lot of mat wrestling in general, and that's been going Lots on. Of like that. Yeah, I, I think there might be a reason for that, guys. There's been some people that have shown up in the last couple, you know, several months that uh, that, that might be something that they're into. But anyway, um, but and Jungle Boy also, I feel like it, it. I'm, you know, a lot of people are gonna probably disagree with the result here. I'm sure, but like, I don't know. Like, I feel I like Kyle O'Reilly. I think it's for the better myself. Okay. Um, yeah, and I just this kind of wrestling style that I like is the kind that Kyle O'Reilly like. Right, you know what kind of wrestling I like, Charlie. We've talked about it a lot. I like when you do lots of suplexes and when you do a lot of hard hitting style kind of stuff, basically. Um, and that's basically that is Kyle O'Reilly. Like, if you were going to draw a wrestler that does that, that's not like from Japan. It'd be Kyle O'Reilly, you know, like, um, and the so. The suplexes that Kyle O'Reilly does, why do they look so smooth? I don't know. Like, is he just something about the way he pops his hips? I don't know. It's, yeah, it's that technician side of him. And and I got to say, I'm with you here. I, I think uh, this started off slow, and I love a slow match. It, that's something you and I really agree on. And yes, there's a lot of wrestling fans out there who a slow match, you know, it, to them, it, it, I can understand this too, to a degree. Uh you know, if it's a slower match, it's 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 more boring to them, and they have a harder time getting into the story. So I I'm, I I think we're both aware. Some people were saying that about this, and that's fine. But I mean, here's the thing: for me and you, we love a, a slow build, and that's <laughs> when it when it pays off and it feels good at the end, like I believe this one did. And these guys got time to work. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, this was, you know, the greatest singles match of all time. And, I, and you're not either. But this was a good qualifying match. And this felt like a worthy uh, finish. Now, when it comes to the booking result, I'm I'm with you. I think Kyle had to win this. I think for Red Dragon's sake, I think for a potential as Kyle as a singles. Because I don't think this Undisputed Elite things last in the entire year. I right. certainly hope not. I hope I hope that Cole and the th- three of two of them break off at some point, and then even and, from that, Cole breaks off from them. You know what I mean? Like, and with that being said, I don't think Bobby Fish is wrestling that much longer, so they want to probably get the Red Dragon stuff in now. But Kyle is going to be wrestling unless he just you know says fucking retires, which we've seen people do too. But Kyle's going to be re- be around for a long time, and I think it's important to establish him that he is a singles wrestler. And my God, does this Owen Hart Cup look fucking fantastic? I can't wait. A couple weeks from now, when we're in May and we're doing these matches, dude, we're going to be getting just unreal matchups each time. I think there's a chance we get Kyle versus Adam Cole or something. Bring back that beautiful NXT feud. Maybe even have Kyle win again in this company. Maybe even reference that Kyle beat him in that company, but without referencing it like how they usually do with things like that. Because all wrestling lore is lore in AEW, and that's why I fucking love it so much. Like every company's lore matters here, and they they it don't all counts. Do. It's like one interconnected universe. Whereas you know you can, we can call Pete Dunn Butch and forget who he was, and uh, yeah. Pete Dunn. But um, Garrett, uh, I'll knock out a couple I'm news sorry. things here. So <laughs> fuck's sake, uh, we got a couple news things, and then we're gonna drive into Dark Elevation and Dark. 
And then we will get to the actual shows this week and the preview of next week. So that being said, brother man, I will take us into the news. All right. And it's going to start off on a somber note. And I, and I hate to do this. Don't do Dante it. Martin wrestled on his own this week. And we were both kind of like, huh, that's a little weird. Darius Martin is expected to be out of action for, quote, lengthy period due to injury. Cry. So according to a report from Fightful Select, the 22-year-old, so young, sustained a leg injury fairly significant, fairly recently. Although the nature of the injury is not currently known, he's expected to miss a significant amount of time. Which, Garrett, right away, that that to me provokes, provokes worry because I'm like, did he re-injure this thing? And I'm not going to sit here and act like some expert, but I imagine re-injuring is not good. <laughs> Especially not like you just came back like a couple For couple someone who missed ago, you know, 13 like... months of action and has only been back for about seven weeks. Yeah. They've been wrestling up a storm. Every match they've been in has been enjoyable some some capacity. Even the matches against guys not signed. And this is just a little sad, man. I, I'm... I don't know. What do you think this means for Dante? What do you think about the injury? Just, just everything for you. Well, I'll tell you what I what I think it means for Dante, and I tell you what I hope it means for Dante, because uh, I think those are two different things, unfortunately. Here, um, but and the only reason I say that is because we just had that like thirteen months where they were really pushing Dante as a single star, you know, like, and it. You know, he he ended last year with a really good record. Like, not a lot of people can say that every year in AEW, you know, like. Um, so I think what I would like for Dante is for him to get a shot at, like, Sammy's TNT title sometime here in the future. And that'd be, like, a build-up to that singles run of that, of some kind. Um, but I think, I think there's a good chance that he just kind of gets lost in the shuffle, especially with all the talent that was signed, like, recently. I think it's really tough to picture Dante getting put into like a world title or even a TV title feud at this point on AEW. Yeah, and and that kind of brings Now, what just popped yeah. in my head just now? What if they decided because we know he's going to be gone for a significant amount of time <clears throat> that whenever they get whatever they're going to start back up with Ring of Honor going, that Dante becomes a main star on that oh, brand. Yeah. This is this is why I know we park our shuttlecrafts in the same shuttle bay because that was actually going to be one of the things I threw at you uh, <laughs> was possibilities for Dante Martin. And let's just jump right into that. One of them being, what if we use Dante as a Ring of Honor guy and have him particularly wrestle in some of these Ring of Honor feuds? Because Bandito, Bandito. I mean, oh, um, and also a lot of these guys that went to Impact under the Honor No More gimmick. Their contracts have expired, so potentially they could be back. Potentially, all of these wrestlers we see on Dark every week that are incredible. That how are they not signed? They could be in this. I think so. Yeah, Dante Ring of Honor. I mean, why not? Right? Maybe toss him in a feud with Samoa Joe. Toss him in a feud with uh, Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta, Gresham, you name it. I mean, there are so many options and. That's I just he's got so much potential. I hope he doesn't fall and kind of for the you know four months from now we're like man he really did lose his footing. We're seeing him just on dark every other week. He's on TV every every month once a month. Just kind of put someone else over. Like we're about to see him do this week and next week. He's just putting people over. 
and it's a little it's a little concerning and i think that's worst case scenario um but the other thing i want to throw at you is we know blackpool combat club is going to be recruiting what if maybe dante wasn't the plan for them what if they're like all right you know what maybe instead of putting lee moriarty in this group like just hypothetically speaking we're going to use Lee Moriarty more in Ring of Honor, and we're going to—I want to keep Dante Martin on TV, so we're going to put him in the Blackpool Combat Club. You know what that can lead to, right? What's that? It could lead to because we know there's on-screen history between Dante and one other faction that will be pretty soon done with their current stuff. Who's we only can getting see Blackpool more Combat Club versus Team Taz? Give me that at Blood and Guts. I mean, we Dude. love Ricky Starks. That's two of our pillars. Face three of our Dude. pillars in the same match. Dude. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. And that is something that I would love. And I think I had another option come to my head, but I completely forgot what it was. So, but yeah, Ring of Honor, Blackpool Combat Club. Or, oh, what if they just try to team him back up with Seidel and the tag teams? When Seidel That's what I was thinking. Put him with like Seidel, maybe Moriarty. Seidel's injured though, isn't he? Yeah, don't know the severity of it though. He was on screen last yeah. week, so I don't know so the he severity. Could be, of it. He he could be, you know, back soon. If he is, I would love to see that trio don't reform he, just for a little bit. If that's like Dante's, like when my guys hurt trio, fine, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, and I gotta say, Tony, you know what an easy thing for him to do with Dante is? Hmm. Toss him in a qualifier and have him win one. Have him win yep, the match. Have so him run the, the tournament for a few tournament. months, and then once the tournament is done and he doesn't win it, obviously, and probably yeah, he doesn't need to win it. But round. have him in this tournament. Let him win the qualifying yeah. match, and I think that's a that's a good spot for Dante. Yep, and then um, you can figure out what you're going to do with him after that. And one more little news thing before we jump into the big one: Jack Evans uh, is no longer going to be under contract at the end of April. Jack Evans, I mean, dare I say, kind of an indie wrestling legend, and he never changed his style. I know some people would be like, legend, what do you mean? This guy has been around since when CM Punk was first getting started. This guy goes way back. Mm-hmm. And Jack Evans never changed his style. He was always he always kind of did different things, whether it was with Angelico, but the fact that we were able to see Jack Evans wrestle like Jack Evans for three years in AEW, I'm just I'm just happy we were able to see that. And I think if if the hair feud, well, obviously the hair feud now huh. we know is his last his last feud. Yeah. Good on him, man, for fucking doing that. Yeah, <laughs> that made for a fun little couple weeks, dude. I enjoyed Jack and I enjoyed Orange Cassidy's matches with you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that good was on when you. I was still kind of sour on Orange Cassidy, so I won't say anything. Yeah, and so that brings us into the big dog of the week, which we're just going to talk about now instead of during Dynamite, because it's just easier to talk about as a news segment. And I think the one-liner here is the forbidden door is wide open. Yeah. We're getting the joint AEW New Japan pay-per-view, and it's going to be Sunday, June 26th at the United Center in Chicago, which is kind of becoming known as AEW's stomping grounds outside of Jacksonville. By the way, they still needed to establish a stomping grounds on the West Coast. I really think Agreed. they still haven't even – they keep saying they're going to go to the West Coast. Like, I think that's their next tour. I, I'm not too familiar with the schedule, but I believe – Starting this week, we're going to start heading down. They were talking about it like it was going to be their their next stops, but they still had to Texas. So they were in Texas for like a good couple months, dude. Like big Texas tour, and that Boston crowd was incredible. And yeah, so Garrett, it's official. Uh, Takami Obari was on TV this week. Jay White came out. Adam Cole delivered the announcement. I thought was a little weird, but I think that shows. Yeah, that was interesting. With Adam Cole and Jay White for the show. 
Now, I have a, a slight worry about the match, which I'll save, but I just want to get your first impressions of this. I mean, what does this mean for AEW? Right? Because that's I what mean, it's all about. It's, we now we now know our next pay-per-view after double or nothing. We know what decision that New Japan has made at the end of the day now, you know, to, to go with the big company. They're going to go with AEW over WWE, you know. Um, and I think it's the right call for their talent. Yes, it, they're not, their talent would get buried by WWE. That's what would happen. They would just lose every match. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not that they're going to win most of the matches against AEW. Obviously, AEW people are going to win some matches. But like, I think the idea that they're not going to get a fair shake kind of like upset them, you know, like, and that they were going to have no choice because if they wanted to be on the biggest stage possible, they were just going to have to sacrifice whatever ideas they possibly had, you know, like, so, but I mean, I think for, for AEW, this is massive because this is that first mega shot over at WWE. Like, yes, signing their talent is one thing. Okay. WCW did that. Whatever. Did it work out for them? Did it work out for TNA? No. So, um, so it doesn't just take that. This though, this is huge because New Japan is like considered by a lot of people to be like, I mean, before AEW existed, like the number two, you know, like was like, and is the main promotion in Japan, which is, yeah, it's definitely the number one promotion in Japan for sure. I I'm with you, man. I think this is, this is very important. Uh, it's important to note that this is two weeks after dominion, which means all the speculation now is all the new Japan top stars will be available to work. So don't expect like we're going to get the bottom of the barrel in new Japan. We're Okada, Tanahashi, Naito bearing injury. We will see all of them work. And I think that's very important too. And how cool for the people that have never seen them. They're going to be in the United center. It's going to be a fucking awesome show. And we got plenty of time. We have time. And I think that's the important thing here. But I will just say this for me, I don't, I'm not going to undersell this. I think this is massive. I think this is massive for wrestling. Wrestling's better when we're all like, it's going to, might sound corny to say, I want to say when we're all together, but uh, <laughs> wrestling's better when we, when we work together with this man and we're going to see some success out of this show. It's going to be fun. That month after double or nothing is going to be interesting. It's going to be unlike anything AEW's ever done. I don't think they're going to go full-blown invasion angle, but I do expect there to be some crossover. I hope not. I do expect there to be some cross... Like, I'm talking like Survivor Series invasion angles. I don't. I hope we don't do that's that. That's what I mean. I think that's what's going to happen. It's kind of scary. But I like. do like the idea that they're already teasing, like, hey, now that we know this show's coming, we're going to let T- Tomohiro Ishii wrestle Adam Cole on fucking Rampage because we can. And I, I'm hoping that's kind of the idea we're going for. Now, Garrett, I just want to... Real quickly, just for the hell of it, I feel like we should come up with a with a match each <laughs> that we just, I don't know, like there's there's many dream matches we could see. I think I'll speak for both of us. The probably biggest one between the two biggest stars, which is one we've already talked about when we were talking about maybe this being a show, and that's CM Punk versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh, I mean that is the kind of wrestling match that you. you that is the biggest wrestling match possible straight up. And that might be world champion CM Punk too, by the mm-hmm. way. So, but outside of that, I feel like we could probably just come up with one, whether it's a singles or whatever. And the one that immediately comes to my brain is the man that's been winning the Brian Danielson award for seven years in a row. And that was Zack Sabre jr. Versus Brian Danielson. I think that's an easy, easy match to write itself. 
And I, I really hope that we, that's the kind of route we go with these. Like, I really hope that's the kind of route we're taking. If, if, if the first two matches are Tanahashi versus Sam Punk and Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr., I'm immediately like, all right, here we go. This is the kind of show we're fucking settling in for. Garrett, what about you? Is there a match, wrestler, you know, whatever that comes to your brain when you're thinking of this that you're like, man, I just want to see that? So we talked about before the show um, Dante Martin versus Will Ospreay, and that match is awesome. I would love to see that just for the, the – yeah, Especially for getting a Dante push, that would be a, a big spot for him on pay-per-view. Absolutely. And I, I think it'd be awesome to see, especially because I feel like Will would just lean back on that style because just like he did when he fought, faced Ricochet all these years ago. It, wasn't it like, like 2014 when that Ricochet Will Ospreay match happened? Like something like that. Yeah. No, because no, I was, I was, no, in, sorry, I was, 2016 probably. 2016, yeah. Because 2015 yeah. is when I really Some, started. Sometime in there. I mean, before the, Ricochet got signed to NXT yeah. anyway. Um, but anyway, that, that match, it'll be, and by the way, it'll probably be like that. But one just popped into my head while I was sitting here. Okay. And I, I want to hear what you think of this one, all right? <clears throat> I was thinking, who do we have Okada face at this show, right? Okay. And, like, he's, like, a big showman. Like, he has his, you know, entrance, and he's also, like, one of the most over guys in New Japan, obviously. The most successful New Japan champion ever. Yeah. What if they put him against Ricky Starks? Man, that would be fucking awesome for Starks. And that's, and I hate to say it, that is a, the definition of an AEW homegrown guy. Yeah. We don't have many of them because of how they started. Like, yep. most guys are New Japan, Ring of Honor, WWE guys. Ricky Starks is the definition of an AEW guy. I would, I would fucking love that straight up. That'd be awesome. All right. Sorry, that one just popped in my head while I was sitting there. I was like, who does Okada really match up with well? And I was like, dude, Ricky Starks is kind of. I could see that being a really good match. Like anyway, get one of our pillars. Um, but while there's all this good news, I have to to give you a worry, and it's something I'm actually a little worried about. Oh no! And I think it could potentially kill the show. Something New Japan likes to do, Garrett, is just throw all their stars in tag matches that aren't wrestling on the show. If this, if we go into this show. And there's two singles matches and eight tag matches. I, my excitement is not going to be what it could be. I would prefer. Yeah, but if those tag matches, matches are like two tag matches, Rapungi Vice and I mean, I don't think it's going to matter. Rapungi Vice versus I don't know about New Japan tag teams, but like you know, like I'm saying, like if it was Rapungi Vice versus a New Japan tag team and Red Dragon versus a New Japan tag team, it's not going to feel the same as what New Japan no. does. And and. Because all of New Japan's current top stars, like if you want to take the top seven of the bracket, all of them could be linked to a tag team. And if if how we see Will Ospreay used is a united empire, if how we see Tanahashi used is with chaos and Okada and this and that, and we actually don't really get any singles matches, and it's just a bunch of multi-man matches where then they don't give a fuck who gets pinned because the result really the results are not going to matter if we got like a 10 man chaos tag with like the AEW chaos members included on the chaos side. I'm fine with that. If we have multiple, how is that going to work by the way? Cause that's a story that's going to have to play. That's going to have to play big on the show. We'll play into it. It has to, because they're literally allied within different promotions. So that's like why, like, Oh my God. And people are better going to, they better hate orange Cassidy backstage and storyline because he's going to be a traitor to them. Right? Like the whole group has to be right. Like, Exactly, and I just I had to throw that out there because if if we do get into this, and if if we're starting to realize that this show is going to be nothing but tag matches, 
it's going to leave a sour taste, not only in my mouth, but a lot of people's, because I think that's a worry that a lot of people are like, oh no, if they go that route and we don't get any singles matches, so every match just kind of feels like, eh, maybe not even thrown together tag teams. Because I think there's one obvious one, right? And I think that's the Undisputed Elite versus Bullet Club. I think that one's going to happen. But outside of that, we can't have too many. But do you see what I mean with like eight to two? Like if there's only two yeah. singles matches, that's just, I, I I don't know, man. That could That could go sideways very quickly. But that is my only worry. Obviously, that's just a hypothetical speaking. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they know the money is in the singles matches. The money's in the the, the one-on-ones. But, hey, who knows? We hope to see Kenny return. Hopefully. Hopefully he's back by then. Yeah, Kenny's not able to participate. I, I feel like it'd be really hard to believe that they would announce this show without Kenny. But then I also could believe that they would do it if it was the show must go on. You know, like... I, it's really hard to say. So, but I will say that I'm really excited to see what happens. I'm really excited for the possibilities of some matches. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, just give me. Give. I would like to see an announcement in the next like few weeks so people don't forget the events happening until they re-announce it again. Like, I would like to see something. I think, like, I think our 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 quote. Yeah, they're gonna. I think they're gonna touch it every week. Correct. I do think they're gonna do that. Maybe. However, I think we're gonna see random talent show up. Like. For example, some of these New Japan guys that haven't left in fucking years. And Naito. How cool would it be to see Naito finally face off against Andrade? That'd be they awesome. could fucking pull it off, and it would be so beautiful. And What was yeah. the Naito match we watched? It was great. God, it, maybe Naito and uh, Tanahashi? It must have been, because that was like a Takagi. super like, dream match for a long time for a lot of people, New Japan fans. Yeah, so it, it could be very good. Um, but yeah, I think... Excitement is through the roof on that, but yeah, let's uh, real quick. Now that we got all our news out of the way, and I, that t- takes up a lot of our stuff on Dynamite too that we've already talked about. So, Garrett, if you want to give the people the dark elevation results this week, absolutely. All right, um, give me just one second to pull up my notes. Anyway, um, <clears throat> back to dark elevation episode fifty nine. Chris Statlander opening up the show with a quick squash. I mean, when I say quick, this was like fast. Uh, finished with the Big Bang Theory. That's all I had written in my notes, so must not have been a very good match. All right. Um, no, I'm sure it was fine. It just wasn't very long, um, which is kind yeah, of new, some, new some music still problem. Her, we'll, 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 I will address that. I think that problem is going away. Um, all righty. Do we hold on a second here? What is going on? Oh, yeah, sorry. I'd scrolled like a second too far down. Anyway, Andrade took on... I'm sorry, Andrade El Idolo took on Allen Five Angels. I shouldn't I shouldn't do what WWE did and just only call him Andrade. Anyway, um... <laughs> and uh, this is actually a really good match. Um, I, yeah, I like how Allen Angels came off in this. You know, it was better than it had any business being, like I like to say, as the second match on Dark, you know? Um... And uh, he got him in a cool arm trap sort of like submission deal that I didn't get the name of. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, even the even the website that we use to like run down the show, he said a modified Rings of Saturn type submission. Like, get the fuck out of here. You have no idea what you're talking about. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's not a real move. Get out of here. A modified Rings of Saturn is not what it was. Get out of here. All right. <clears throat> Tony Nice with Mark Sterling took on Jay Spade. I mean, who actually looked kind of interesting, maybe. 
I don't know. Um, the Tony Sans has begun. Yes. Uh, he looked great. Tony's aggression is high right now. He didn't even hit like the moonsault deal that he does, you know, which he normally does even when like short matches. He's going for a more heelish persona now, which I like because he's joined up with, you know, I like that it's not even Jade's faction. It's literally Mark Sterling's faction. Like, um, the guy's got like four different stories. I love how they use Mark Sterling. He's got so yeah, many he's different storylines going on. Dude, how the hell did, uh, Cardona and and Myers find that guy like GG. Anyway, um, all right, and then we had match number what is that three four match number four it looks like yeah uh, we had the Dark Orders Alex Reynolds Evil Uno John Silver Stu Grayson taking on a job squad and uh, it was the right length um, Silver Reynolds combo that I really like where they do all those random moves and then they hit the fatality to win. And up next, on the next part of the show, we had Rapunky Vice uh, taking on the Factory. They were accompanied with uh, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor, who I think is probably going to be a tag team now, right? Now that Wheeler is out. But anyway, um, and Rapunky Vice is clearly the team they're going with, you know? Um, yeah. At least for the time being. I guess, I guess what probably could happen and maybe will happen is when, when Romero ends up going back to New Japan or ends up signing with AEW, however that works out, you know, like... Um, Anyway, I, I, I like that uh, Romero is just chilling in AEW, like, even though he's not under contract. Like, it's great. I love it. Like, they're just like, yeah, no, it's fine. It's like Tony Khan sees a guy and he's like, you know, I'm sure New Japan's probably not happy that he's here right now, but he'll make me some money. So, um, <laughs> good storyline. Everyone looked good. Strong zero for the dub. I'd like to see them face uh, the Blackpool Combat Club or the Jericho Appreciation Society. I think Rapunky Vice would be a great matchup for either of those teams. Um, all right. And then with the next match on the show was uh, the Bunny, Emmy, and Rachelle Rose taking on Anna Jay, Sheeta, and uh, Ruby Soho, um, which random teams, but whatever. Uh, she does a, a fucking dork. She was doing air guitar all the way to the ring with her kendo <laughs> stick. I love it. Um, and uh, they was like a triple submission victory or something like that. I want to say. Um, everyone just started locking him in, and then the full metal muffler. What a what a submission uh, name for for it was a she that picked up the submission victory. I think she had a uh, Rachel. That's literally why this chick was in this match was to lose. I think. Uh, oh, definitely. But anyway. Uh, and in the main event of Dark Elevation episode number 59, we had Private Party at Helico and The Blade versus Hardys and Top Flight. Um, Dante, dude, Dante just gets wrestling. He's There's, incredible. He, there was a moment in this match. I can't exactly remember off the top of my head what it was while I was writing this, even though I did watch this today, which is kind of funny. Um, it, there was just like a... A moment in this match where oh it was i think i don't remember there was just something that he did in this match you guys if you watch the match all right go back if you if you're if you're listening to the show right now and you're not once you get done with this show if you had if you didn't walk excuse me didn't watch dark Elevation this week watch this match you'll probably know exactly what i'm talking about in the match when it gets to that moment but like he just there's something about the guy that i just causes me to be like dude this guy is like a wrestler he's not even like a tag team guy he's literally just gets it but anyway um, the only thing I would say that I took away from this match that really was unfortunate was I think Jeff Hardy's done. Um, yeah, he's botching left and right, man. I think, uh, 
it's you know it's unfortunate and it, it really really looked bad and like he didn't even try and recover it because he just hoped someone would save him you know and thankfully i think it was uh, a, a couple of guys a couple of the heels came in and started beating down on him you know like yeah and then they hit the hit spot later it was a rough one um there was a one of the coolest spots I've seen in a while. Dante hit a super kick while him and uh, I believe it was Angelica, was it? It was on both on the top. No, sorry. Somebody popped up on. No, sorry. It was him and uh, Mark Quinn both popped up onto the rope at the same time. And he super kicked him, which I thought that was pretty fucking cool. Uh, and then Jeff hit yeah. the swanton for the finish. Yikes. Uh, Jeff Hardy, please don't kill yourself. Um, I want to see you yeah, continue uh... to not be dead, you know. Um <laughs> It's very interesting to say the least. <laughs> it makes me afraid because you know they're going to run Don- him versus Darby at some point, and it makes me afraid for him because, like, you know, he's not going to hold back in a match like that. It would be disrespectful to Darby, you know, like. Anyway. Yeah. And- so that was Dark Elevation episode 59. And Charlie, you're going to go ahead and run down Dark episode 139 for us? Perfect. Yep. So we kick this off with Tony Storm, her second match in AEW. Nice reaction, too. This was taped uh, before Battle of the Belts and Rampage. And this this was, you know, it was Tony Storm. It was good. Jamie Hayter was on commentary, putting her, you know, kind of putting up for their match. So they're pretty excited. Uh, Daniel Camella, she had a match against Raish Chanel. And she ended up winning this match. This was her just picking up a victory for the following night where she goes to face Britt Baker. But former NXT Vanessa Bourne. So cool with that. I cool liked her finisher. It was sick. Yeah, cool seeing her. That neck breaker. And, yeah. and then we jump yeah. into Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks facing Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. And this match kicked ass. Big Willie. It got messy, but this this was a fun match. And I think Hobbs is just incredible. Ricky Starks, so good. Commentary was great with Kingston and Taz. This was this was a lot of fun. And I looked. I, I, I gotta say, Dark and Elevation. Also, why week. the hell was Eddie Kingston on commentary on this random episode of Dark? I mean, I'm not He's, complaining. I wanted to see him, but he wasn't I would working like that night. With Shavani, he said, "Fuck it." And where was Shavani? It was yeah, all right. It was really good. So, uh, Tony Nice defeated JD Griffey. This was Griffey's AEW debut. Nice is now 12 and two after winning this, and he won on a squash and. My His only God. loss has been a title match, which I love. Yeah, Tony Nese looking good, man. I, I think. See, I think Tony Nese is very content with what he's doing right now. Yes. Another I mean, you can guy. Tell that by the way he's been wrestling. He's just kind of he's just big chilling, man. He's just like another Yo. guy. I would be down to see in Ring of Honor. Absolutely, he fits it so well. And then undefeated this year, Marina Shafir defeated Alejandra Lyon, and that was just pretty much more establishing her record. She, I believe was in the top five rankings uh, going into Wednesday Yep, where she faced off against Jade on rampage. And then yep, after yep, the yep, match, yep. Jade actually came out and big reaction for that. I, I think they should have let them uh, do a little bit here. I know it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. I think, anybody, I think the idea but... of Jade is just intimidation. That's the character. That's my guess. Yeah. At least that's all I can think. And it, yeah, it was cool. Shafir, you know, she, uh, she has an interesting style. So this main event, though, man. <laughs> Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland defeated Camarado and Aaron Solo of the Factory. 
Holy hell, man. This was a uh, big Haas battle in the middle of the ring. That was awesome. Big Haas battle. And since Dude, that, okay, hold on. This match started off in an awesome way. Nick Camarado calling out Keith Lee and being like, get in the ring, big boy. Big like, meaty men slapping meat. Oh, yeah, dude. Exactly. It was great. And since it's uh, dark, they actually let a go-go go out there. So that was nice to see. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he exists. But no, nah, this is uh, Keith Lee and Swerve. If, if they are like, hey, Tony, we want to be in this tag division. We hear a lot about it. Fucking welcome, boys. I mean, my God, fucking welcome. Fuck. Great addition. Um, yeah, if this if this is their first titles in this company, are the tag titles? Dude. I'm fucking cool with it. <laughs> Swerve and Lee. Tag I think the champions? trajectory for these guys is insane right now. I Swerve's energy, even on dark, on fucking dark, is incredible. And I. <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't know what else, what else to say about that. Man, that really sucks because I would have loved to have seen Swerve and Lee versus the Acclaimed. Oh, yep, another injury Man. we talked about last week. But Garrett, I think we both have noticed a trend with this week's matches and last week's. They're putting They're some stars back. back on Dark. We had yeah. Chris Statlander's debut over new character, who yep. is not some schmo. Swerve yep. and Lee, Tony Storm. Chris Statlander's had two title shots since I've been watching. Like, she's not a schmuck. Yeah, like, she's, she's not some schmo. That is a big deal that her new character debuted on Dark. Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. And oh, oh, there was a couple more on Elevation. You know should have been on Dark this week, though, in my opinion? Oh, Andrade. Maybe he's not ready yet. But Satnam Singh, dude, he should have at least done something. Like, I'm wondering if since he's Ring of Honor, if they're not going to put him on Dark. We're going to have to see how that plays out. What? That doesn't make any sense. They put they put the, the Ring of Honor before. champion on Dark for months. But but that, that was before. Champion. The Ring of oh. Honor pure champion on Dark for months. I, I don't know what the plan is going to be with that. But what they never acknowledged him as that champion, though. So I, I don't know yeah, what I know. the That's plan is with that now that Ring of Honor is a thing. But I agree with you. You're right. They didn't acknowledge he was Ring of Honor pure champion until the week he lost it, which is hilarious, you know? Yep. So (laughs) I'm with you, though, man. Cool. If they start putting uh, Ring of Honor guys on there, I'm down, especially at the Orlando tapings. Throw them out there. Absolutely. That being said, I'm sure at this point, I'm sure he knows how to at least wrestle a little bit, right? Like, hey, Brian Alvarez says he's better than every big man in WWE already. So the heat was flying for Alvarez. (laughs) I love that guy, but sometimes he's like, bro. Yeah, but I don't Dare disagree I say with him. he's moving better than Omos, though. So Dude, I don't disagree that uh, that the kind of big man he's talking about. I don't think he's necessarily talking about like just big men because like no. Samoa Joe is pretty big and Keith Lee is pretty big, but he's not. I think like, he's talking same. about like our seven foot plus guys. Yeah, because that's what Satnam is. He's in that different category, so which is know, like Commander like, Aziz, uh, mm-hmm. Omos. There's, a, there's only a couple. Yeah, there's only been a few over the years. So, but hey, man, get I'm I am so down with bringing more of these Indian guys into wrestle. Absolutely. And I understand why the The company wants to do it because there's like, what was it, like 20 some million people watching in India for WrestleMania or something like that? Six million people in India watched WrestleMania. That's fucking incredible. I would love to see. That's crazy. Imagine if we have that many people watch The Forbidden Door. I mean, just just wrestling in general would would benefit so (sighs) much from that. But yeah, let's they gotta get the it. Man, man, I wish it was like somehow they could include Ring of Honor stars because then you'd want Satnam on that show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no Gresham this week, so we're gonna keep an eye on that. But yeah, um, I think that was a nice one-off because I didn't want to throw like another FTW title match out there so soon. You know, maybe I don't know. Yeah, so we kick off with CM Punk versus Dustin Rhodes, 
And in classic format, they gave him about, I want to say like 17 minutes. Something along those lines. Something yeah. along those lines. I mean, yeah. Uh, so what did you think of this match, Garrett? Just kind of starting us off here on Dynamite. Phenomenal stuff. Uh, Punk's gear looked great. Bret Hart references. Love it. Um, yep. They worked an injury really well. Um, it was a good back and forth in the middle with some really close near falls. They hit one of the cleanest pile drivers I've ever seen. Um, yeah. They... Did did the crowd turn on Punk a little bit during this match when he when he almost when when sorry when he kicked out at one point was there a boo? Or is it um when Rhodes hit the out of nowhere code red? Maybe uh, maybe one of the near falls. I, I don't punk. remember which one. I can't I specifically. He might have hit a crossroads. Yeah. Yes. Or he, what is his version of the crossroads called? He it's was not looking called for like the crossroads, but Punk dropped to his back and hit him with an overhead kick, and then he locked in the figure four. Just great. I mean, like you were talking about with with O'Reilly yeah. and uh, Jungle Boy, the grappling and the storytelling here was just it was between two guys who are perfectionists at it. I do the image at the end of them just embracing as two warriors. Just oh, well, what's what wrestling should be right there? You know, like that's what a baby face versus baby face match ending should be like. Or right, I'm gonna use the restroom really quick, but just go ahead and uh, continue to talk about this. Yeah, or whatever. And, and what that does is that takes us into which the next big story here, which was Hangman's music hit. And like we've been saying for weeks is that the the story of CM Punk has been building his contendership. Every match, people are like, oh, he's just having random exhibition matches. No, the story of CM Punk is building his number one contendership. It's just doing it in a way of people wrestling every week. It's, It's just, it's fun. And I personally love it. And that music hits Hangman Page versus CM Punk. I think starting this next week, we're officially going to start really digging into that feud. And I can't wait. Uh, we get more Wardlow stuff, meeting with Mark Sterling. This is actually a little cringy. The eat pig, and I don't think they're uh, – to me, this Wardlow MJF stuff is not my favorite. And it, 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 this one, unfortunately, to me, came off again not perfect. I think – yeah, I don't know. Let's just hope the match is good, right? Because you can have 15 great stories, but this to me right now is the one I'm like, eh, and the same one. But that had a better week. Uh Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, and Wheeler Yuta with William Regal. And again, William Regal came out with Wheeler Yuta. Very important touch there. And I think yes. our idea here is they're probably going to wait a little bit before adding a fourth member. And I think that's the right idea. I Although it looks like a scouting based on this match. Yeah, and they faced <laughs> Lee Moriarty, Dante Martin, and Brock Anderson. And I, I know Brock... Has been he catches a lot of heat because when he's in matches like this, he really you can kind of see some of his weaknesses. Yeah, and I, I don't know, I, I don't know, man. You just gotta, you know, he, he'll get better. And maybe Lee Johnson with Dante Martin and Brock here would have been a little better, and maybe that would have helped him. I don't know, maybe just because he's got the chemistry with Lee. Yeah, I don't knows. know. But Moriarty getting on TV again, Big I think shoddy a chance. I think I think yeah, getting these guys on TV is important. Unfortunately, this kind of heightens my idea that I'm a little worried they might just be using Dante now to feed other people because it's going to happen again next week. So let's hope yeah. let's hope this isn't a trend. But that being said, obviously the match was awesome. Oh yeah, I mean when these guys really start slugging at the other, the Blackpool Combat Club has visuals unlike anything we've seen in AEW. And honestly, unlike anything I've seen in wrestling in forever. 
Like this, it's incredible the visuals that they give you. And Dante did scare me a couple times. I'm not going to lie to you. In senses of, he almost fell a couple times. <laughs> like, you know what? Yes, he did actually do a misstep once, but uh, I believe it was actually played off pretty well. I know what you're talking about, though. Yes, yeah. Or maybe that's the. It, dark man. I don't think he was gonna get hurt because he's just lying on his feet. But I just it looked it looked like oh shit he didn't he didn't expect that there. I don't know if there was something weird with the ropes maybe because of um. What else was and, on this and show? And to even yeah, heighten my worry a little bit, just because we love Dante Martin. Moxley actually planted him with the paradigm shift, and Mo- and Martin was the one to get pinned. Again, yeah. Brock really never wins, so I don't know why it wasn't Brock. But hey, whatever, you know. But yeah, that was yeah. fun. That was a really fun match. The the Blackpool Combat Club's fucking great. I just I hope we're leading to, and still, this is my pitch for Blackpool Combat Club, at the pay per view and then at Blood and Guts, at the at the next pay per view, double or nothing. Blackpool Combat Club versus House of Black. I think the story writes itself 3v3. And then by the time we get to Blood and Guts, we either do four members or five members. And it's Blackpool Combat Club versus the Appreciation Society. And I think this is an easy story to tell. This still keeps Moxley and Danielson, two of your biggest stars in, you know, this storyline. Or if we go trios titles, you know, we got that too. So there's there's plenty of options here. Absolutely. But that's just, you know, we like the fantasy book when we uh, when it comes to our minds. And backstage, we see Young Bucks, Red Dragon, Adam Cole on the Brandon Cutler cam. O'Reilly is pretty much talking about it's time for all of them to live up to the name Undisputed Elite. And he's talking about beating Jungle Boy tonight and for the Owen Cart Cup. Cole says as a unit, they can't be stops, and he thinks they should issue an Undisputed Elite open challenge to any 10-man tag. I totally thought this was going to be a dark order because we haven't seen them on... Yeah, I thought that's this, what I figured I too. That was pretty obvious, but apparently not. But it's another. Let's throw some random guys together, but yeah, hey, we'll, whatever. We'll preview next week. We'll give you that rundown because they announced that. But yeah, so undisputed elite ten man tag again. This has got to be just grouping them up for Bullet Club, right? Or are they going to be the blood the... and guts feud? Who knows, dude? I mean, yeah, no. The 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 true warm up for for the Bullet Club will be will be that but i mean this is maybe a warm-up for that i don't know yeah cool i mean it's been I, a while since we saw an undisputed elite where it was i guess just mostly it was super elite at the time 10-man tag so you know i am fucking down with it i mean these are just phenomenal stars so back from the break we get a video package highlighting the feud between tv champion samoa joe and jay lethal satnam singh and sanjay dutt cool yep I like that Dutt is putting over that he he is feels like he is the biggest Indian star ever. Good for him. He I, I mean, we have to probably get like a Dutt and Dutt with Lethal versus Joe and Gresham at some point, probably. Like, yeah, just because no, yeah. uh, Mor- Moriarty, right? Maybe Moriarty in there. So Mori- maybe that's maybe six. Man. Maybe maybe Satnam's already man. in. Maybe Sat. Maybe this is a Ring of Honor match and Satnam's in it. It's a six man. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Cool with that. Yeah. So, again, yeah, Lee is another one I think would do great. Or Lee, just, or just do a Lee versus, you know, lethal one-off. Because they've done that, I think, already once. But, like, do it, like, with in Ring of Honor with a little more stakes, you know, like. <clears throat> yeah. So, then we get the Forbidden Door announcement, which we've already covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy crap, bud. There's some Japan coming in here, eh, GV? Yeah, sir. And then we cut backstage where TBS champion Jade Cargill is with Smart Mark Sterling, Kara Hogan, and Red Velvet. Cargill, Hogan, and Red all laugh at Marina Schickfear's nickname, The Problem. And Karen Red say that Cargill's the problem solver. And she pretty much says she'll catch her on Friday. 
this is just asserting more that the batty club, batty section, whatever they're going to end up calling it. Yep. Jade has officially recruited Kiera and Red Velvet. Dude, and why did Red Velvet look so perfect in this role? Like she looks great. I mean, this this is fucking huge. I think I didn't yeah, think she'd yeah. be like. I liked her as a baby because I didn't know her as like a, a heel per se. Like, and she just rolled right into that. Like, and oh, it's just like the little things, like just you know, sharpening your nails, and then as soon as it's about to cut away, she does a little wave. It's just I like love the little things. She's gonna make this. Jade such a bigger star because she's yeah. got the little things like that that Jade just doesn't know, and so I'm sure Kiera has some of that too. But they're gonna both make her an even bigger star. It's just a great thing all around. Like yeah, the pairing is great for them all, and I think. They don't. They don't need to go out of their way and make this overcomplicated to explain why they're all together. The reality is this: Jade is, you know, as she calls herself, that bitch, and they want to be with her, like straight up. They they want to be a part of that. They want that success. If you can't beat them, join them. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you don't have to go for some fucking overcomplicated, crazy storyline. No, they just want to be with her because that's they that's respect what, what she's is. done. You know, you can say she's cheated or whatever, but like, yeah, a lot of people in wrestling cheat. It's just kind of the way things are, you know. And them being associated with Jade. Is fucking great, and Garrett, we've been we've been saying, man, they signed Kira, but she hasn't been on fucking TV. Let's go. Yep. Here let's, we go. Let's get a let's there's, get this there's a right there. I love, it. I love it. Wardlow versus the Butcher. Um, really, really quick match. Like really quick. I I mean, honestly, I kind of I was, was kind of Butcher buried. is basically the big man jobber. I've said this before. You know. Yeah, uh, I love when the Butcher faces guys like Darby Allen, but this was. I honestly, I'm I don't care for this feud right now, and I don't think the Lance Archer match is going to be any better next week. And I, when you were gone, I was kind of saying it was actually a little cringy the security uh, stuff that they did early on. MJF managed to turn popcorn heel. That was interesting. Yeah, MJF on commentary was or uh, in the press box. That was fun. And but yeah, I mean the story here is you know it's just it's just another match for Wardlow. They should have just kept Wardlow off TV. God, how how great would it be if he just showed up one of these days in that press box and like grabs MJF and throws him over? Something crazy. Oh. Like they could do it, man. Put some wrestlers oh. down there to catch him. Literally. Still can't believe we saw him the next week. That that's that's the biggest misstep AEW has made since we watched. That like I thought the Jade thing was a big deal, but like it was only a big deal because of what I wanted them to do. You know, it was expectation becoming speculation or by, by reverse that, yeah. whatever, you know. But like this is just like, how do you fuck that up? Like, you're like, you set up that he's going to be off TV for a while. And, and for a company like, that's but so not good actually not really, though. Telling long term storytelling to do that in a week, I don't fucking get it. I do not get it. And now I feel like this feud is, and we're not the only ones, man. The crowd's not even really reacting like they should be. No. And so hopefully this doesn't hurt Wardlow. But I'm imagining when he beats MJF at pay per view. Assuming that happens, because MJF can't afford to lose that pay per view to Wardlow, it's not going to hurt him. It'll be fine. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, match was whatever. After the match, security comes out of the ring, reapplies the handcuffs as MJF, and they're looking down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Commercial break. Back from the break, Eddie Kingston's backstage and says, "This Friday on Rampage, it says him and Daniel Garcia and nobody from the Jericho Appreciation Society and Santana Ortiz aren't allowed in the building." Kingston tells Jericho to pay close attention to what it does to Garcia because it's all intended for him. Which actually played up that really well at the end of the match, which we'll get into. Yep. I thought was great. Yep. And then we get into our own heart cup match, which we talked about as our favorite from you. Yep. Backstage, MJF and Sean Spears are talking with uh, Alex Marvez. 
play you know there this is just you know since we're at it one other note i have from that match the way kyle o'reilly won that match was with a knee off the top rope that's a hell of a finisher yeah yeah cool finisher it, it was a good finish but this is just uh he plays jake the snake roberts and lance archer comes in so now we're gonna get lance archer versus wardlow which yeah this match was so fast that jake the snake roberts didn't have time to get to the back like no and uh yeah i, I think lance archer I don't I don't know I don't think they know what they're doing with him right now either. Like what happened to the gold or uh, the uh the Dustin Rhodes feud? My god, the shame I have for that. <laughs> what happened to the Lance Archer Gold Dust feud? No, but Lance Archer Dustin Rhodes, man, they they got all bloody 3 weeks ago and they haven't touched yet. The fuck's going on? Whatever. Yeah, I guess it just wasn't a feud that they wanted to go with. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was perfectly fine for both of them, but uh yeah, whatever. Um, I mean, hey, everybody dies. Best uh, theme song in wrestling. Everybody dies. We cut to the ring where it's Hook Dynamite debut, baby. And guess what? Garrett Hook is facing Anthony Henry. Let's go, dude. 205 Live guy, man. We we love putting over our former 205 Live guys. Yep. And this was quick. Hook looks fucking smooth as always. Of course, look, Hook looks smooth. Come on. Um, Dan Housen appears at ringside. He tries to curse Hook, but Hook applies the choke to Henry, and Henry taps. After the match, Danhausen gets in the ring and says, "If he won't be cursed by Danhausen, he must fight Danhausen." And the reaction from that crowd, my God, you'd, you'd think The Rock just returned. Like the crowd fucking popped, uh, huge. Hook shoved Danhausen with a shoulder and walks out. So, I do you think- know what my fear is Charlie, and this fucking feels like such a Tony Khan move. What's that? He's going to have fucking Danhausen beat Hook, dude. No, he's not. It's no, going to be no, screwy. No. Danhausen is going to cheat and turn heel, and he's going to think he's brilliant for doing that, but it's not going to work. See, I I think. And Hook's right, going to be turned right, into like a full on babyface. If that happens, all right, uh, uh, I will fucking cry. But. Yes. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I. I. At least I hope not. Jesus, that wasn't even. I mean, why would you even have that? I. I just don't understand putting these two against each other. Hook is on like a titanic rise up to being one of the top stars in the company, and like well, I think it's simple. They don't really want to put Hook in that tournament. I think maybe in their eyes it's a little too quick for what they're trying to build with Hook. So what they're going to do is have Dan Housen's return with him. Because Danhausen is over. Like, he's getting big reactions. And when he says he wants to fight, that lets us know Danhausen is cleared, by the way. It's from the broken leg, which is yeah. cool. But I think the, re- the reality here is these guys are going to have a match. It's going to get a big reaction. And we will get the Hookhausen tag team for a little bit. And the idea of Danhausen in some of these Team Taz segments is going to be fucking hilarious. Because... Everything Danhausen touches right now, it's good for the internet, right? Yeah. Because it's it's going to get reactions everywhere. And we're already seeing it with Hook. I mean, he, he's getting really big, like, whether it's on YouTube or whatever form of media they're using for these segments. I, we're seeing it all over. Like, Hook and Danhausen, it's getting some of the biggest numbers on the show. And I think that shows their power right now. So, that being said, I think I, I'm going to be straight. I think it's a zero percent chance Danhausen beats Hook, and that's the way I'm looking at this, just on like history. But I think this can only benefit both benefit Hook and Danhausen. 
Yeah, I guess I just wouldn't have put them against each other just because I don't I, – I wouldn't have signed Dan Housen. But, I mean, like, you know. It's it's um, a weird pairing. I'll give you that. But I think it gives Dan Housen – and most importantly, it gives Hook a program, which we which we need right now. Hook cannot face the factory. I hate to say it. And that's not – I don't want to pick on those guys. But remember, it felt like we were going to get a Hook versus the factory feud again. Like yeah. They, they kind of knocked it out quickly. So what do you do with Hook? You just go babyface, babyface. Because Hook technically is a heel that everyone loves. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I it's, think that's going to be interesting. But I can't wait to talk about this next thing here. We cut backstage okay. at Frankie's with Tony Schiavone. Frankie Kazarian. We've been talking about Kazarian picks up all these wins. But what, what's he doing next? He calls out TNT champion Sammy Guevara. Instantly piqued my interest. Like, oh, shit. Scorpio Sky comes out, interrupts him. And says Frankie t- says that Kazarian wouldn't be where he is today without him, and that he knows Frankie wants the TNT title, but he just needs to wait a little bit longer for him to get his rematch. And Frankie says he's always had Scorpio's back, and he always will. They shake hands, and we head back to the commercial break. I- yeah, so I like the idea of we're going to get a Frankie versus probably Sammy title match at some point, or maybe against. I mean, I guess it would be interesting if it was against Scorpio. Um, yeah, I mean that's a, I, I like that. We like Frankie. I love seeing you know? Frankie and Scorpio on TV, man. I can't lie. Ethan Page though, grabbing the mic every time. He just they need to let him speak more, man. Like yeah, and when we we'll get into that in a second here. And I just gotta say, if they redo SCU and it's Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, and Ethan Page, count me the fuck in. If they just add him to the men of the year, and just we'll we'll all know what the deal is because now Scorpio's a babyface. SCU. I think there's some nostalgia to it, man. I mean, the reality is AEW kind of – that was one of the main things when AEW got started was how over SCU was on being the elite, for example. And like I said, the first ever tag champions in a company where the tag champs mean so much. So, hey, I, I think this is the right move for Kazarian, though. Kazarian should be involved with that TNT title one way or another. Ooh, I'll tell you what match you should have on Dark the week he's going to get that title shot, too. It should be him versus uh, Christopher Daniels. My God. Oh, please. Please. Dude, what if they end up doing a triple threat? Kazarian, oh. Daniels, Scorpio Sky for that TNT title. Oh. <laughs> the options are there, man. Like, yeah, we need Scorpio to win this back. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Video package from Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's talk. Let's, let's jump into this. Uh, Sammy Guevara makes his way down to the ring with with Ty Conti. So pretty much they're asserting the heel turn, right? And yes. Sammy says everyone is supporting him. They're just mad his girlfriend is hotter than theirs, and the only choice is to be mad. I was like, ah, oh, shit. Are we really doing this again? I, I was a little worried. I'm like, man, is this just going to be all just dog shit? <laughs> Straight up, that's been my opinion on this feud. Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, Dan Lambert make their way down the ring. And I'm like, all right, here we go. This is, this is the moment of truth. They actually start getting a babyface reaction. Even Dan Lambert. And there are some one-offs here. One of them, you know, was along the lines of, I don't care about your dead grandpa. Uh, Dan Lambert actually getting getting cheered for what he says. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I love it. So they are acknowledging the double turn. Good for them. But Garrett, I want to give it to you. Ethan Page grabbing the mic here and just fucking lighting up Sammy. Yeah, dude. Ethan Page is actually a really great promo. And people just don't realize it. Like every time he's grabbed the mic since I've been watching, it's been good and really intense. And like 
yeah, maybe it's not the right energy for what they're going for at the time, but it always gets a reaction from the crowd. Like, so I think Ethan Page knows what he's doing in that regard. And Dan, Dan Lambert was just a savage, as always, you know? That's yeah. all I really had to add. Like, he's just is way better. He's super underrated on the mic, in my opinion. Like, I don't think people have had the opportunity to listen to him speak. Um, and I, no, I agree. I, I think when he lit up Sammy here, he's got a good reaction. So we get our ladder match next week on uh, yes. Dynamite. Cool. Excuse me. Uh, we cut backstage. Malachi Brack, Brody King, and Ma- Buddy Matthews are House of Black cut a pre-tape promo. Mm-hmm. I like seeing them on TV. You know, it's good. Are, are they going to end up facing Miro? Because like they're 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 in the dark room and he's in the light room. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, right. Hopefully, hopefully they do something with it. Right now, there's it's just with Fuego and you know, good for Fuego for getting on getting a spot like that. That's a big spot for him. Uh, Doctor Britt Baker DMD with Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth versus Daniel Camella Owen Hart Cup qualifying match. It's nice seeing Britt back. She got a good reaction here. I think. It, you know, this match is, wasn't great, but it was it was good for what it was. And I think the the pop of getting the Steelers glove, the lockjaw, this made Britt look strong. And I think the more important thing after this was her just lighting up the entire division after talking about the Tony Storm cake thing that she got into with Charlotte, <laughs> which we all know now that pretty much they just embarrassed Tony Storm for a month. And then she quit, said, fuck you guys. And well, maybe that's what happens now when you embarrass your talent and there's <laughs> the grass is greener elsewhere, right? Literally. Yeah, my, oh, my yeah. Take so what do you think this, about the match and the segment uh, that followed it? It was good. Um, there was a huge pop for Britt Baker. Um, <clears throat> uh, we'll see you now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, I'm Britt. It, it's good to see. It was good to see Britt because she had some time off. And so when she had this match, it didn't feel like she was overexposed after just having that massive time all the time on TV. She had about a month of, off, right? Something like that. It was just enough time though, because, board, yeah, it's yeah, it's um maybe even longer with Wardlow, depending on how you want to book things. But um the but she didn't feel overexposed because of this. She had just been on TV like every week, pretty much for like the last however many hundred days, you know, like that she was champion. So giving her some time off and then bringing her back to put her in this tournament makes complete sense. Agreed. And yeah, so, and then we had our main event, which we've already discussed. So yeah, overall, I mean, Dynamite had good news announcements. I thought it had good matches. I really liked some of the booking in it. So yeah, and I got to say, my favorite of the Sammy Scorpio, I mean, the, the bar is literally buried on, under the fucking ground, but this was my favorite of that of their uh, feud. So, hey, cool. Maybe the heel turn and babyface turn will actually work, right? Maybe. So, we'll see. Yeah, uh, let's jump into Rampage, which we kick off with Adam Cole versus Tomohiro Ishii. And with Rocky Romero and Orange Cassidy in an Owen Hart Foundation tournament qualifier. This this was fun, man. This was a good wrestling match. We I gotta say, uh Ishii looks uh standing this to Adam Cole. Just it it it, it throws off my brain because I'm so used to him being so much bigger than everyone else. Yeah. That next to Adam Cole, he almost felt a little smaller, but bigger. And because yeah, he's taller than Adam Cole, but he's you know Adam Cole just has a unique build. That make, I don't know what it is. He it's just, like it's like when guys stand next to AJ Styles for the first time. You're like, what the hell? AJ's like yeah, five ten, but he's so 
big everywhere else. It, he feels much bigger. That's why AJ always works the top of the car wherever he goes. And Absolutely. Yeah, uh, this was fun, man. There was a spot when Cole picked him up, got him on his shoulders, and flipped him and did the fucking – like that backbreaker on his knee. Oh, my God. It was so smooth. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, anything else there, from this match uh, stick out to you? Uh, Ishii eating some forearms and then dropping Cole was awesome. I thought the pace on this was really good uh, into the first commercial yes, break. pacing. Very good. They paced it perfectly. Like the commercial break came up and it was like perfectly timed. Um, it was rough and hard hitting. Ishii eating the super kick was awesome. Yes. Um, and uh, then winning with the interference from Jay White. That's a... Uh... Huh. I'm wondering where they're going with this. I told you a while ago that I think the smartest way to book Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega is to book Adam Cole versus Jay White first and have them team up. I'm fucking cool with it. And this this is a good job of making Adam Cole. Adam Cole needed to win this match. But Garrett, I've been seeing some discussion this week, and I want to toss it by you. So of the last 14 weeks of AEW television, Adam Cole has wrestled 12 times. In your eyes, do you see that as a little overexposure of Adam Cole? Um, when I say overexposed, I just mean like if you were just champion for like in in segments every single week for a long time and then finally took some time off. Yeah. I think if you show back up in like two weeks, it can be a little bit like, okay, we're we're sick of seeing you. I think I don't think Adam Cole is really in that category because he's usually, you know, backstage. He's not always wrestling you did say he did wrestle on 12 of the last 14 shows all of the last but, 14 uh weeks not not every show it's just the weeks oh and i, see what you I mean. think uh <clears throat> i didn't think about it at first but i was like damn that is adam cole has wrestled a lot in the last 14 weeks then but he's always been kind of a workhorse even on weekly nxt he would always be wrestling just non-title matches you know like not always but a good amount of times they would have him wrestle non-title matches just because yeah. he was a good asset you know Agreed. Um, and I don't I think he's really, overexposed. I, I, I think he might be a little him. underused, and and I'll say that like he's has not been used in the way that I would have liked. He just got out of a world title food, yes, but it, it felt like it was like leading there for a lot longer than it took to get there, you know. And then a lot of people weren't that into what they did, you know. So yeah, and I will um, say this, and now we know he's going to be wrestling again next week. But I, I'm ho- I hope for the next fourteen for the next fourteen weeks, right? I hope instead of twelve, maybe we see eight. He still works a lot. But I don't think Adam Cole needs to wrestle every single week, especially with all the talent that we have. But that being said, I'm with you. I don't mind it. I just think for you know, hey, they don't they don't have live events or anything, so he, I don't think Adam Cole minds. And fuck, you know, let him do the tapings again. He he's he lives in you know, he lives in Next Universal, so fuck it, send it. He still lives in Orlando, so you know, hey, fucking send it in. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking now, like, that's probably the best way you could set that up is Jay White and the Bullet Club are, are like about to win the match. And then Adam Cole turns on Kenny, if Kenny's able to be there for the match. Um, wouldn't that, be- and that's how they lose. And that could is- set up the Kenny and the Bucks versus Adam and the Undisputed. Yep. I mean, there's so many things you could do with that. So after this match, we get Jericho Appreciates Society entering the arena. And unlike the cringy one from Wardlow, I thought this was actually pretty funny. Uh, I think – I don't know how people don't crack up when Matt Menard is just fucking lighting up that room with comedy. Jericho going after that guy, going for his job. 
Talking literally, about literally resources. I mean, this shit would get me, dude. I, I would be, as they say, corpsing. That would get me. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was good. This was a lot better than the uh, the other security segment the night before, in my opinion. Back from the break, Lexi Nair. She's trying to interview Hook again. I think this is like her fourth or fifth attempt. I respect the uh, attempt. Yeah, I gotta keep that grind up. You'll get some words from him eventually. And my God, she did. Dan Housen is shown crushing a bag of chips. Hook approaches him and tells How him, could he? You wanted my attention. You got it now. Hook exits and we head back to the ring for our next match in the evening. Hook with that, with, with a little bit different of voice. How dare you I disgrace thought. his one love. You got his, you got his attention, Dan Housen. So I, I can't lie, dude. I don't know why I, I'm loving this stupid little feud. It's just also Lexi Nair. If she is like Hook's personal interviewer, could you imagine that being a little touch for his character? That'd be kind of cool. She doesn't interview anyone else, just Hook. Yeah, I'd be down for that. I guess I can't wait to see where Hook is a year from today. I mean, if they keep having him uh, react to people crushing potato chips, it's not going to be even a good spot. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Hook is going to be a year from today, dude. And he's one of my favorites right now, but I am. it's just like with Orange Cassidy. If Orange Cassidy started doing a bunch of stuff I didn't like, I'd be like, bro. I did I even say when, when, when his endorsement of Dan Housen, I was I was upset, and then if, you know what? He ended up unendorsing Dan Housen. So you know, yeah. So and, and by that I mean they just don't really show up together. <laughs> like Dan Housen's moved on. Uh, Lance Archer versus Serpentico. This was as quick as could be. He was I, the match was over before the music was done. Uh, yeah, Mark Sterling hype up Tony Nice before we head come back back to commercial break. I mean. Again, they're doing exactly what they did last week with the butcher, except this time it's assigned talent. And yeah, I mean, they're just they want Wardlow to be seen as the best big man, and I, I like I like that idea of it. So that being said, this is just you know this is just your one star fucking squash match, literally. Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Garcia Garrett. Um, this match kind of starts off. We got some heavy strikes. Yep. Garcia is kind of getting. You know, his ass beat at first. He reverses the momentum. And then it feels like pretty much most of the match, uh, Kingston's kind of got control. This was pretty good. I mean, Garcia latched in his... Uh, his. I like all of his submissions. I, I like the wrestling in this match. That being said, I don't know if we needed Kingston to kind of beat him so fast. I don't know if Daniel Garcia is the guy that should be getting beat like this in the Jericho Appreciation Society. See, I, I feel just, you like think that, I, mean, I just think the match would have been a lot worse if you put him against oh, either for sure. 2.0. And I think you know, the like, wrestling in this match was fine. This is what I'm struggling with is I like the wrestling in this match. However, I think story purpose here, this would have been better to have Eddie Kingston just straight beat the ass of they're not going to do it to Hager because Hager's the big heater who no one can fuck with, and they need that for the tag matches. That being, I, I would have just done it with Matt Menard or Cool Hand Ange. I, I think, obviously, our wrestling probably wouldn't have been as good. I mean, who knows? Maybe those guys have unbelievable chemistry. But I just think Daniel Garcia, I, I'm, I hope he's not the guy that every time the Appreciation Society gets beat, he's the guy that eats it. I hope it's not him. And... Maybe that's me overthinking it. I, Eddie Kingston might be world champion by the end of this year, so it's not like losing to Eddie Kingston doesn't fucking hurt anyone. But it 
Uh, I did write down one thing in my notes that was just like a random thought that occurred to me while watching this match, which was uh, it feels like we're in the middle of like a AEW young talent arms race right now. Like, okay. Like, you know, how like people talk about arms races, like people, you know, trying to all equally have like all the factions are shoring up their their next generation talent, you know? I, I love, think it's yeah. interesting. It, is, it, it is all started true. back when Team Taz tried to get Dante, you know? Yeah, Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta and yeah. So I think Lee Moriarty will be a part of that soon too. Yeah, it, it, and who knows what he's trying to do with whether he's maybe it's Jay. I think he might join Jay Lethal's faction. Yeah, maybe that's the move with him or go against Jay Lethal's faction. But it could be it could be that he joins. Like I think that so many like people are joining factions and forming factions. Even Jade, you know, like I think like we really it just makes sense to describe it that way. It's I mean I know it's a bit of a loaded term, I'm sure, but like I'm 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 using it to describe what's going on, which I think is accurate. Yeah, and that's that's a good way of putting it. And pretty much the the point is after the after the match, Kingston grabs his belt. He's about to whip Garcia with it, but he stops himself, grabs a microphone, and says his whooping is for Chris Jericho, which he teased up on Wednesday. So he said, everything I do is going to be meant for you. And yeah, it was it was pretty cool. This was uh this was fun. Um, Danny Garcia is fucking incredible. Backstage, we get yes. Tony Schiavone and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, and they're just pissed off. I mean, they they really hate Team Taz. They don't like how Taz got the win for them. And then my God, it cuts over to Ricky Starks, and he is lighting these motherfuckers up. And <laughs> Ricky Starks <laughs> like commentary. Just going nuts. He has no chill when he's sitting at that commentary table, man. I, I do. I, Ricky Starks is so fucking cool, man, and I love him on commentary. I love Rampage. Rampage is perfect to me. It's an hour long. The commentary is. I also love that they go straight to him when they when they when they make comments about him. They don't just pretend like it didn't happen. Like, yeah, of course. Like, of course he's. You know, if, if it's a shoot, of course he's going to be pissed off and react like that. He's he called him a like a bootleg. Keenan and Keller's, I forget the reference. Hilarious. <laughs> and he is lighting them up. And it I don't know where, where this feud goes, but I'm kind of hoping we get a one-on-one between a couple of the members in the Owen Hart Cup qualifier. That'd be cool. So, like, like say in two weeks we get Swerve versus Starks or Swerve versus Hobbs, one of the matchups we haven't seen yet. So Absolutely. That'd be interesting. But yeah, uh but, we had like three promos in a row right here, by the way. And I was yeah, just like, and then Tony Schiavone is backstage with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm is there as well. Tony says she wants to know if Britt even knows who she is and says she'll see Hayter in the, after the first round. And then maybe Britt will be next. And I think, Garrett, I, I think this is the final. I do think the final, we kind of were talking about this last week going back and forth. And I was like, you know what? Britt Baker is probably going to be the one in the final. So that way she's on double or nothing. It makes so much sense. For it to be Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. It just, yeah. it writes itself, you know? And I think they're kind of seeding that groundwork already. Or maybe it'll be one of the big qualifiers. Who knows, right? Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll wait till I see the field first, like we did with the last tournament. But I mean, you know, we'll see. Because, yeah, so. Because if it's like the, the, the field is shaping up to be insane. And I still think we could see Athena be the last member in that tournament. Like, would be cool. Yeah, yeah, Athena. Oh, man. Mark Henry then speaks with our two main eventers in the TBS champion, Jay Cargill, and the challenger, Marine Shafir, in a try box. This was, this was, you know, perfectly for what it was. Uh, yep. Yeah. They've been building this up for a few weeks, actually, which I fucking respect. It's been like a three-week build. Yep. 
Cool. Yeah, which a lot of the TBS title matches didn't get, but Shafir is a big enough star. It's the, it's weird. They want to treat Marina like she's a star, but because she is a star, they literally stole her out from underneath the WWE's plan for the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen, literally. You know? And... I, I was kind so, of expecting to get the uh, Marina Shafir is all elite after this match, but we never did, so... Well, she's been wrestling matches for a while now. I Maybe she hasn't decided yet. I mean, hey... You know, I mean, maybe they're really trying to figure it out. Maybe they're. She trying- really is getting better and better with every match, though. So I, I would be shocked if she didn't continue. <laughs> she might fit the bill for their Ring of Honor too. So maybe I that's it. But uh, Marina Shafir versus, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Deanna Prado would be incredible. Willow, but I, mean, I mean, we need to get Willow Nightingale on TV more, man. Uh, bring her in. They had her in the week after the. I mean, so you know, good. Like- she, she is the one that I would be like, sign her tomorrow, please. Yes. That'd be a great match for Jade, dude. Yeah, and Red Velvet just beat her, and maybe she wants revenge on Red Velvet and fucking cost her or something. And Jade, you know, then she wants to go for the. You know, there's something they could do something there easily. Easily. So let's get into this. Jade Cargo versus Marina Shafir for the TBS Championship, which was our main event of Rampage. And we start off by seeing Red Velvet and Kira Hogan at the baddie section. And yeah, I mean, the reality, the big thing here is. This is furthering the proof of Jade that Jade is doing the little things well. And you're really seeing that more and more with the more matches she gets. Now, we see people online, they're kind of, maybe maybe it's to the credit of Danielson that she's getting better and better at these little things. Because when Jade hits her big moves, it feels fucking destructive. And they actually did incorporate the baddie section here. And you had Mark Sterling talking to Aubrey Edwards. And then the baddie sections got in their shots. They're throwing popcorn. That's that's what they should be used for. It, it's such a great touch. And yeah, this this was honestly, I, I did not have any expectations for this match just because I feel like the, the two of them on paper, I don't think it's like an ideal match in my mind. I like the idea of Jade more with Statlander, with Soho, with Hikaru Shida. I think she works, she would work well with a, a wrestler. Like I said, mm-hmm. I, like I said, even earlier on the show, I believe Jaden Ticonti is my favorite Jade match still. But yep. yeah, man, I think this worked well. This was perfectly fine. Uh, Jade is now thirty and zero. That they're they're going all out with it, and you know these streaks are great because whoever breaks it, it's going to be talked about. And the, the facts, the, the facts are this: Jade is is even though. It's, they they don't like the idea of calling a mid card champions. We know they're secondary champions to the to the world titles. Yeah. And if you want to call it a secondary title more, instead of a main card, mid card, whatever. The reality is Jade is the biggest star in the women's division, and it's it's only proven with her presentation. So if they really want to keep that, that, that has up, a lot more to do with the fact that they botched the shit of Thunder Rosa's rise to the top. It, like, and it just also has to do, even when Britt was champion, there was moments when they were together, you'd see pictures of the two of them and be like, wow, that's, which one's the, ch- oh, okay. And which it's one just, of these is the all-star ch- world champion? And it's why when I, people were like, why do you think she should have been the one to beat Britt? Do you guys understand now? You could have turned Britt face and then in that feud against Jade, and then had Britt versus Jamie. And that would have been the perfect setup going into Revolution. Like, Yeah, and, and now we're here with... Uh, and now we're here, and everyone's like, damn, uh, Jade's the better champion than, because Thunder Rosa's you know, rise to the top was, was botched. Which, which is good for the women's division to have, too good, to have this great championship. Because now, 
you know, I, I hate that our TNT title, even though it has such a good legacy with Brody Lee and with Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes and the feud it's in now, it's like, it fucking pains you to see it. But that title has had a great reputation. It does suck that they are basically burying the world, the women's world title in favor of Jade, though. It, it does suck. It's not getting buried. It's just, it's just. No, like, literally, I agree with you. She's the bigger champion, but it's not because star, they made her that. It's because they, it's they book her the way they continue to book her, which is fine. But then they don't book their championship matches. Like, th- there was three, maybe four challengers in a row that could have taken it off of, of. Britt Baker, and then she could have gone and done anything and maybe been a little more useful to have as another women's match on the card so that people could just have stopped complaining about that a little bit. You know, you know like, I don't even know who Thunder Rosa's next feud is going to be. I have no idea. No, zero idea. I think they're still rolling with Nyla because they don't know what to do, you know, like just oh. like they would do with Britt, you know, they would, oh, we don't know what to do. Yeah, just run it back. Yeah, run it back. So, yeah. Um, anything else you had, you had to add from this uh, main event here? Um, it was like two badasses colliding. Um, Jade looks a lot better than she did back when I would complain about her in-ring work a lot more. Um, it was, it was better. Uh, it's, she's improved vastly from the Anna J match. I think we can both agree. She's just like every match to every match. She just seems to have some level of improvement. It didn't feel like, um, Marina felt like she had as much of a chance as I thought she should have. The way they were building her up, it felt like they would have at least given her more, you know? But obviously, that's not the way they're booking Jade right now. Um, but maybe a little bit more competitive. Marina sold the shit out of the big boot on the outside. Oh, my um, God. That was so good. That, and that was right yeah, with the batting positions. There was like a 60-second. I was like, oh, my God. This is how you need to do this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I mean, it, there was a – honestly, it just – it. yeah, it was it was better than I expected it to be. But it wasn't like – I think both I of our expectations was... were kind of on the floor for the matchup, though. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, hey, this had could, some rough matches, could, you know. Like these could go really one way or the other, and I, I was pleasantly surprised. So, yeah, I think uh, I don't know what the next step is. I'm guessing we might see a little bit of a trio thing. We see a lot of trios right now on Dark, so maybe they do something with you know Soho and Anna J, and maybe. Uh, they just tagged tagged them with Sheeta, but and maybe just kind of toss them against. Uh, Isn't that so brutal that, that that tag team of them two and Ty Conti, or sorry, two, two, yeah, them yeah, two they, and Ty Conti got killed by the fact that they turned Ty Conti heel. This is why bad booking can really fuck your show. Like this and, is what happens when you start interconnecting everything, and then all of a sudden you change something that doesn't quite line up. I with would what love you've been to doing. know in six months what happened with this with this feud because I. Uh, I just I can't imagine Sammy turning heel was originally in the plans and having him just make out with fucking Ty Conti. Oh, back was, you mean back when they changed the plans in the middle of Sammy's title run and they just threw it on Cody because of the heat? They've been making bad decisions here and there for a while now, and it's starting to I show. And it might have been part of the reason why Cody be, left. I still think the plan was to do Cody versus Scorpio Sky, and they were like, "Oh my god!" Cody's I genuinely new. believe that, and they said they pivoted because they wanted Sammy to get the win because Cody didn't because Cody wasn't well received winning the championship. You know, like. And I think I think Cody and Scorpio would have been great. Cody was always wanting to put over the next guy. He'd already put over Sammy. And, and, and if they it, went with the same story, presumably they were going to, that Scorpio would have been the next challenger, then it would have been a great feud, and Scorpio probably would have won it in the same way, you know, like. Except it would have been off Cody, and it would have been so much, oh, fuck, dude. Hey, you went to me, lose some. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was our week of wrestling. You um, know who needs to come back and take this title off of Sammy? Who? Miro. 
I was gonna say fucking Sting. Um, it's Sting. I think I think TBS champion Sting. Honestly, if Sammy holds the belt, we need Darby Allen. It, this is Darby's next next spot, I think. TNT champion, I mean Lamel. Yeah, so he, he's he's no, he's he's taking Jade's title. It's him. Yeah, so <laughs> yes, he's gonna do that same spot. He's gonna show up in the crowd, and suddenly he's gonna be in the match. Good God, I'm down. Um, so we get uh, next week's match. Uh, we have five announced for Dynamite right now, and as of right now, we don't have anything for Rampage, which is kind of cool. So we're probably gonna get all of Rampage announced on Dynamite, which is most likely gonna be qualifiers then. Which fuck yes, let's let's keep diving into. Hell this yeah, buddy. Um, I'm saying um a lot right now. Ladder match: Sammy oh, Guevara um, versus um, Scorpio um. Sky. Cool. GG. <laughs> Street fight: Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. The feud is two and two right now, so I believe this is our blow off. Probably. Wardlow versus Lance Archer. I mean, it could be good. The undisputed elite versus Dante, the Varsity Blondes, Brock Anderson, and Lee Johnson. I mean, it's going to be crazy, you know? Yeah, there's going to be some fun stuff. And the match I've been waiting to talk about, Garrett. The Owen qualifier, Dax Harwood versus Cash Wheeler. Dax has already said this is the only time they're ever going to wrestle, and I believe him. I do believe him. I, they're not going to yeah, turn genuinely. this team on each other. No. This is a one-time thing. This is Owen versus Brett, you know, when they yep. had their match in the tournament. And, Garrett, I, I would let this main event the show. Oh, absolutely. Or open it. You know what? Sammy to. and Scorpio has to make an event. Let this open. Yeah, put this put this on first. Fuck it. And that's a beautiful match. Who do you have win that? Off the top of your head right now. Dax or Cash? Dax Harwood. Dax Harwood. Agreed. I think Dax wins it. Everybody knows it's Dax because Dax. Or does Cash uh, win it for the uh, Heat? Maybe because everyone already thinks Dax is the better wrestler. They have Cash win it. That's what I was thinking in my head. But then Tony also is well aware that people think Dax is the better wrestler. So... I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. That's why this is interesting because it could go either way, you know. And either one of them going on and winning the tournament would make complete sense, you know. Like, and then just for the hell of it, um, they've announced a couple of the. Uh, well, they haven't announced; they're already filmed. But a couple of the matches on Dark next week, so on Monday. So actually, if you guys are watching the podcast today, Monday, hey, you got fucking check out Dark Elevation. Minoru Suzuki's on it, Garrett. <laughs> yeah. And Konosuke Takashita, uh, the DDT former champion, and kind of Kenny Omega's prodigy is on it this week. We also got Statlander back on it, Tony Nese, Max Caster, so we kind of know what he's, what's up with him. Max Caster is fighting Penta Oscuro. Whew. They're oh, putting, please don't bury Max Caster. They are putting talent back on Dark, and I think that's the right route. And yeah, uh, another trio. I'm actually going to straight be heated if they have, if they have Caster lose that match. Mm. I think right now Penta wins it only because I think Penta is going to be in a qualifying match for the tournament and Mac, Max already had his and lost. So I think they're kind of going to kind of keep building Penta's resume. That's my only guess. I no <sighs> but yeah, um, holy shit. Talent is back on dark. Minoru Suzuki's on fucking AEW dark. Let's go. But yeah, guys, this was a nice long show. Nice 90 minute fucking stuffer. So absolutely. If you guys have stuck all the way around to the end, we appreciate it. Um, check out Garrett streaming, guys. Uh, the Duke of Derps, right? Still the Duke yep, of Derps? The Duke of Derps over on Twitch. Yep, I'm streaming there three to five days a week, as always. And I'm always playing stuff. Right now, I'm playing through Dark Souls. It's been really fun. Uh, yeah, well, it's been kind say, of fun, actually. Let me clarify. It's been really time. frustrating, but it's been fun at points. Yeah, so fuck yeah. Uh, 
But I might I might have chucked my controller a couple of times. Yes. <laughs> and on that note, guys, we will see you guys on the flip side, Vision. Hey there, buddy. The revolution is televised. Back on, back on. Whose house? Swerve's house.